Hello and welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast. Coming to you from the Tabernacle of Praise Church International, headquartered in York, South Carolina, where our founder and overseer is Bishop Alfred Jackson. Copies of the message from this broadcast can be purchased at our headquarters in Monrovia at the Hope of Praise Church in Numatadia States, where Jackson G. Weah is pastor. We would love to hear from you, so write to us here in America at 229 Wood Street, York, South Carolina, 29745, or email us at tabernacleofpraise at msn.com. Thank you for tuning in and have a wonderful day. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo, Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because he reigns, he's in control. He's in control. Tell your neighbor, God is in control. No, no, no. Tell him that you mean it. God is in control. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. I had a young man on Facebook yesterday say to me from Liberia, he said, he said, he just like in capital letters, you know, when you type in capital letters, that means that you're excited, you know, you're you know, he said, my pastor just died. And I wrote back, I said, oh my goodness. I said, did he just die just now? And he said, and he said how, could, how could God be in control when the man of God dies? I said, well, did he, well, he was, he said he, he was doing a crusade and he died. I said, well, did he, did somebody murder him or did he, was he sick? And, and he never wrote me back. But I said to him, I said, God is in control. Regardless of what it looks like. Because God reigns. And, 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 and I said, Jesus died. The apostles died. Hallelujah. I mean, saints of God died. Pastors have to die. And, 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 and sometimes when, 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 when it seemed like they shouldn't, God can get the glory out of untimely deaths. So we may not understand, but if we believe that God reigns forever, it means he's in control, that this world is not out of control, and that he has a purpose and a plan, and it'll be worked out in the midst of every situation and every circumstance. Hallelujah. He reigns forever. He's reigning now. He's reigning now. In the midst of anything in your life that may not be going right, God reigns. You cast your care on him because he cares for you. I want to go to the book of 2 Kings chapter 4 this morning. Ooh, yes. While, while you're turning there, I want all of my teenagers that are present today to see me after worship as well. Those that are not in here, tell them, don't go anywhere. Come talk to me. Everybody that's 13, if you haven't reached 19, you're still a teenager. Amen. 
chapter number 4, beginning at verse number 38. Elisha returned to Gilgal, and there was a famine in that region. While the company of the prophets was meeting with him, he said to his servant, put on the large pot and cook some stew for these men. One of them went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine. He gathered some of its gourds and filled the fold of his cloak. When he returned, he cut them up into the pot of stew, though no one knew what they were. The stew was poured out for the men. But as they began to eat it, they cried out, O man of God, there is death in the pot. And they could not eat it. Elisha said, get some flour. He put it into the pot and said, serve it to the people to eat. And there was nothing harmful in the pot. I want to I try to work this thought this morning. I depend on the Holy Ghost to do this for me. Transforming your world. Transforming your world. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, Bishop is getting ready to preach. And he's going to talk about transforming your world. Pay attention. You might learn something today. Today. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you, Lord, that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. And I thank you, Father, that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending this word to us today. Thank you for what this word is going to accomplish in our lives. Grant me a fresh anointing of your spirit that I might communicate your word clearly, correctly, and effectively. Speak, Lord. Anoint your people that as we hear your word, your word will destroy any yoke under your anointing that's in our lives and deliver us from any burden that we might be going through in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do now. We open ourselves up to you. Have your way. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and we thank you. Amen. Amen. Transforming your world. Hallelujah. Sometimes life can be difficult. Sometimes life can be difficult. Well, that means half of us agree. Half of us say life is just fun. Life is never difficult. But sometimes life can be difficult. Either because of, of the circumstances we found, we found ourselves in, no fault of our own, okay, or because of bad decisions that we may have made, or sometimes because of deliberate attacks of the enemy. Yeah. Yes, we can find ourselves sometimes in situations that are unfavorable, situations that are stressful, 
situations that are dangerous, situations that are hard, situations that are lonely, sometimes situations that are unwarranted because of Satan, because of the enemy of our souls, because he's targeted us. And the the devil does target people. Yeah, he he does. He targeted Job. He'll target you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we choose wrong ways. Sometimes we choose wrong people. Yep, yep. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we choose wrong things. Makes life difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I talk about that song, I think Otis Redden sang, and I don't remember all of it, but he was talking about getting married. And, and he said, I talked about how his mama warned him against, against marrying the lady, but he said, but I didn't listen to mama. I went straight to the church. The preacher was there, and so was my future bride. Didn't anybody remember that song? Mr. Foreman, you're not that young. Stop claiming like you don't know these old songs. (laughs) And you ain't been saved all your life. (laughs) I'm going to get that song and pull it up on Facebook and play it for you. Oh, Bishop, I remember that song. (laughs) But sometimes we choose wrong ways, wrong people, wrong things. We do. We, we, we do that. And, 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 and that, that brings difficulty in life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes, sometimes because of life, or sometimes because of the family that we're born in, we have difficulties in life. Oh, yes, yeah. Sometimes you just, you, 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 no, again, that's no fault of yours. You can't choose the family you're born in. But sometimes people are just born into families that don't love the Lord, don't have any inkling, don't have any desire to love the Lord, not thinking about God, don't have any desire to do right, don't have, don't, don't even, you know, that's, that doing right is the farthest thing from their minds. Loving you, loving people, loving God is the farthest thing from their mind. And either way, either way, these things can cause, they can cause life to be full with, filled with unhappiness, filled with trouble, filled with confusion, filled with bitterness, filled with hurt, filled with pain or suffering or lack in life. But the important thing to know is that God knows each one of our situations. God cares about us and God wants to help us, amen, out of the situations that we are in. God is for you. Amen? God is not against you. Amen? However, many times, in order to understand this, we have to get an understanding of the scriptures. Amen? Amen. Uh, And when we do, when we begin to get an understanding of the scriptures, we begin to see the heart of God. We begin to see the heart of God for his people. And the scriptures reveal to us God's heart. The scripture reveals to us that God is a deliverer, that God is a healer, that God is a, is, is, a, is a helper, that God is a keeper. The scriptures reveal to us, amen, that God is a restorer, that God is a repairer 
of broken places, amen, in our lives. The scripture reveals us that God is a provider. God is a protector. God is a keeper. The scripture reveals us that God will fight for his people because God's heart is for us and not against us. And, and in seeing God's heart, we also begin to discover that he does not always keep us from every bad thing in life. But he will keep us in the midst of the bad things. Amen. Amen. And seeing God's heart. You know, you look at examples in scripture. He didn't keep the Hebrew boys from the fiery furnace. No. No. He didn't keep Daniel from the lion's den. But he kept him in the midst of it. He preserved him in the midst of what they were going through. So sometimes, sometimes God will, will have to will decide to keep you in the midst of what you're going through, all right, until he delivers you out of it. Amen? Many times we learn that God will use the bad circumstances of our lives to teach us or to teach others that are associated with us the things that he wants us to learn for our good. So sometimes what you're going through is not just for you, but it's for somebody else. Amen? And God is sovereign, and God knows what he knows. God knows how to, why he wants to use us uh, to, for somebody else. Amen? And we have to trust him in the midst of all of that. When we learn all of this, we can learn how to transform our worlds uh, for God's glory and for our good. Now, and, 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 I, and, I, and I wrestle with transforming our world. And, and of course, when we talk about transforming our world, I'm not talking about transforming the world. I'm talking about the world you live in, your, your situation, your life, your circumstances. Amen? And, and remember, this is, this is talking about what we can do. We do have the help of the Holy Spirit, but we have the challenge of God and to, to take responsibility for our own lives. There are things that we can do. Amen. We can't just sit down and say, Lord, help me. Lord, deliver me. Lord, take me. Lord, do this. Lord, do that. God said, no, I've given you my anointing. I've given you my spirit. I've given you my word. Then you take this and begin to apply it to your life. We have a responsibility. Sanctification is our responsibility. Amen. To sanctify yourself means to separate yourself from certain things. Amen. Amen. So, so we need to see our responsibility in this. The scripture declares to us that, uh, that he that is in Christ is a new creature. Amen? Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So spiritually, old things have passed away. Spiritually, all things have become new. Experientially, everything may not be new in your life. So that means you got to go through some things in your life where you make some decisions and you make some changes. Amen. You cut people off. You cut things off. You stop doing this. You stop doing the other thing. Amen. 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 And if you need help, God will help you, but you got to make up your mind that that's what you want to do. You know, sometimes we don't change because we don't want to change. Sometimes transformation doesn't take place because we don't want to be transformed. But you got to want to be transformed. I, I shared this, I shared this with, with our class this morning, and we were talking about fleshly desires and fleshly lust and what have you. And, and you know, I, the Lord just showed me this picture the other day uh, of a pot boiling on the stove. All right? Before the pot ever boils, you put heat under it. All right? 
And that water has to sit in the pot and it doesn't boil right away. But it takes time for it to boil. So once it starts boiling, it's boiling. All right? But if you want it to stop boiling, you have to turn the heat off. Now it's going to remain hot. But the longer it sits there, the cooler it gets. So if there's stuff blazing in your life, turn the heat off. Sometimes you got to turn TV off. Some stuff you're watching on TV. If you're having a problem with your flesh, if you're having a problem with lust, if you're having a problem with sexual desires, sometimes you got to turn TV. I'm not talking about if you're watching pornography, you got to stop watching that stuff. But then sometimes you just got to back away from, from some television shows because the, t- the day on, you can't be watching Scandal. You can't be watching, uh, there's another black show that's just, just nasty. You just can't be watching all that stuff. Empire, you can't watch that. No, 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 you can't do it. You know, and why y'all laughing? Because you're sitting up watching this stuff and you got issues in your life. Amen. And the sad thing is that you're watching if you have children, you let them sit up in a house and watch it with you. But, but you got to turn the heat off. And you got you to gotta back away from some things so that, you, so that your desires cool down. So young people, if you're dating and you're in a situation where you're kissing and uh, all our children out, you're kissing and you're rubbing up against folk and you're getting heated and hot all the time and you're trying to stop having sex, amen, you got to back away. You got to turn the heat off. So if you're dating, then start going out with other people and then you drop her off at her door, amen, and you don't go in, amen, and you don't be dating up in the house in her room by yourself and she ain't in your house in your room by herself. And parents have to have enough, enough common sense. Young people, come into your house up in your children's bedroom. but you got to turn the heat off. You'll never, you'll never stop boiling until you turn the heat off. Amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about too. There's not an older person in here that doesn't know what I'm talking about. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Transformation. Transforming your world. Ooh, Jesus. But see, you got to want to be transformed. You know, that, that, the bottom line is you got you to you want your world to transform. You can see stuff going wrong. You can see stuff going bad. You know, you can see that you, even this might have been a problem in your family line. Listen to me good. This might have been a problem in your family. Amen. But, but, and then you decide, listen, I, I don't want this, ha- this same thing to happen to me. All right, so, so, so you got you to you turn the heat off. You got to back away, you know, and you got to say, oh, I'm not going to be like other folks. And then you love your family. Ain't nothing wrong with loving your family. All of, us got, all of us got mess in our families, amen. Doesn't mean we don't love them, but we don't have to be like them. Amen. Amen. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Amen. 
I'm, not just, I'm talking about me too now because I got some mess in my family. You know, I didn't know until my grandmama died that my granddaddy had another family. I said, Lord have mercy. I don't want two families. I don't want to be like that. Uh-uh. My wife probably killed me too, but anyway. <laughs> but I don't even want that stigma. I don't want that, 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 that atmosphere. I don't want that attitude. I don't, I don't want that that testimony. I don't want that witness. I don't want, I don't want it to come after after come out after I died that I had children over here and children over there because I ain't got none. And don't plan to have any. Glory to God. I got one by birth and that's all I'm having. God, take me home. Amen. With that one. But you have to turn the heat off. You have to back away from some things. Back away from some people. Stop watching stuff, you know. Stop listening to certain kinds of music because it incites stuff in your mind. It stirs up feelings. It stirs up emotions. That is if you want, if you want to be transformed. Amen. So, so spiritually speaking, we are new creatures. But experientially, we have to work through these processes in life. Got to work through this stuff. And all of us have to do it. It doesn't have to be sexual stuff. You can just be a gossip. You just love juicy gossip. There's some people just love, they got to know. They got to know people's business. They got to know what's going on. But you got to turn that stuff off. I'm turning that stuff off. There are some preachers that I don't like to talk to because they know too much about other people's business. Listen, I want to sleep. I want to ride in my car and be at peace. That's why I don't be wanting to know everything. That, I mean, if you got an issue, you come to me and talk to me. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to pray for you. But I'm not carrying that stuff with me. And I don't want to know everything that's going on because I don't have time to be, you know, I don't know everything with my brothers and my sisters. I'm not like that. If they want to be messy, let them be messy. But I am going to have peace. So I'm not calling up my sisters and brothers to find out what's going on. If they want me to pray for them, I will pray for them. But they got to call me and tell me because I'm not looking for it. But some people, they just got to know. They got to be in the know. You know, and there's a problem with that. You have to turn that heat off and back away from that stuff. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things of, a, of good report, think. So we come to this passage in 2 Kings, and, 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 and we want to talk about transforming uh, your world, our worlds. And, and as we look at this, uh, I'm going to have to try, to try to walk through this thing. There's, there's a whole lot in this passage. This is a great passage for you. Uh, to, uh, to, to work through with what, we're, what we've learned in Bible study, all right? Because this passage speaks a lot to, to it speaks, and I'm not going to talk about pastors and preachers and ministers of the gospel, but it speaks to us. But it also speaks to people in, 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 in situations that we find ourselves in that are difficult, all right? All right? Um, it has practical instructions as well as spiritual lessons that will help us transform our world. I may not cover them all because there's a whole lot in this passage. And just reading it, it may not seem like there's a lot in this passage, but there's a whole lot in this passage of Scripture. 
Amen. Amen. Um, and, and, and again, I want to emphasize to us that God is concerned about us. Yeah, yeah. When you read the Word of God and begin to understand the Word of God, you begin to see how much God is concerned about us and the fact that God's thoughts toward us are good only and not evil. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'll say that God's thoughts toward us are good only and not evil to give us a future and a hope, to give us an expected end. Amen, amen, amen. So, so when we look at the scriptures, at, at this passage of scripture, it's filled with spiritual imagery and it's spirit, filled with spiritual implication. Elisha is the prophet of God to the nation of Israel. Now, we know very little about Elisha, except we know how he was called. We know that he succeeded Elijah, uh, and we know that Elijah considered him his son uh, in the ministry, all right? But we know a lot about the miracles uh, that he performed or that were granted in answer to his prayers. Uh, as a matter of fact, we also know that, that far more miracles were, were worked by him are granted in answer to his prayers than any of the prophets in the Old Testament, all right? He did twice as many prophets, uh, as many miracles as Elijah did. The character of Elijah, though, and his mission, his ministry, was in, 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 in thorough keeping with Israel's condition at this time. I want you to pay attention to this now. Uh, the very fact that these miracles were needed indicates the state, amen, which Israel had fallen into, all right? And, you know, when you begin to read and study this and you, you think about miracles and prophecies and, and sometimes you wonder, why don't we see so many things today? And I think we're getting back to the point before Jesus comes again that we're going to see more and more and more miracles. But many times in the Bible, why were miracles given? They were, they were performed that people might believe in God. So among believers, there's not a whole lot of need for miracles to be performed because we believe God. Amen? But, and, and miracles are not for the believer, just like tongues should not be for the believer. We should not be desiring to speak in tongues just so we can speak in tongues. Amen? Because we know God. Amen? And, and if we desire to speak in tongues, we should also desire interpretation just in case there is an unbeliever in the house so that the, believer, the unbeliever might know that there is God. We can speak in tongues all day long by ourselves. We should be. We should be praying in tongues on a regular basis. We should be committed. But when it comes to the body of believers, we should always want interpretation so that the unbeliever in the house might know the word of the message that is given through the tongue. Amen. Through the, through the tongues. Amen? Amen? So anyway, uh, so this speaks to the spiritual state where, into which Israel had fallen. The worshiping of false gods or idolatry, idolatry, had been practiced for so long, amen, that the true and the living God was no longer known by the nation. All right? All right. Therefore, by means of dramatic intervention... By awesome, inspiring displays of God's power, by supernatural manifestation of his justice and mercy alike, God forced even the skeptical to recognize his existence and to subscribe to his supremacy. 
So God worked through the miracles that the skeptical and the unbelieving might know that there was yet a God in Zion. That God still was alive. That God was still sovereign. Amen. Amen. So on this occasion, Elijah was visiting the school of the prophets. He was visiting the school of the prophets. Elijah returned from Gilgal, and there was a famine in the region while the company of the prophets was meeting with him. I think the King James says there was dearth in the land, okay? Sometimes the King James uses, uses words that, that speak a whole lot, you know, for people that are poetical and what have you. Amen? Um, so he returns uh, to Gilgal, and he's visiting the school of the prophets, it was, now, now Gilgal is important. Gilgal is important. And he returned to Gilgal. That means he had been there before. Right? He had been there before. It was at Gilgal that Elijah had started out with Elijah, that Elisha had started out with Elijah on that final journey before Elijah was taken up into heaven. All right? Uh, it was where he had, where his sincerity had been put to proof by testing because Elijah said, to Elisha, he said, stay here. I'm, I beg you, stay right here at Gilgal. But Elisha wouldn't leave his master. He said, where you go? I'm going. I'm going to follow you. Amen. And he followed Elisha, Elijah all the way until he saw him taken up into heaven. From Gilgal, they passed through Bethel. And from there, they went to Jericho. And finally, they went to the Jordan. And the Bible says, and Elijah came again to Gilgal, and there was a famine in the land. Now, Gilgal was also east of, of Jericho. Let's, let's go back just a little bit. Think about Jericho. East of Jericho, close to the Jordan, where there was, where there was moisture and vegetation. There was famine in the land.